Producer Michael Miracle here, and before we get into today's podcast, I'd like to quickly invite you to join the I Work For Him Nation. Being a part of the nation is all about being Jesus in your workplace, because you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. So, head to our website, iworkforhim.com, and click on the nation flag, then prayerfully consider joining the nation. We'd love for you to join us in this workplace movement. Thanks again for listening. Here's today's podcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I work for him this afternoon as we broadcast, yes, out of Tampa Bay, but we are on location at the Creation Museum in Petersburg, Kentucky. Make sure you check out the Creation Museum online at creationmuseum.org. You know, for decades, the winds of conventional wisdom, which is really unconventional, have moved our culture away from the truth and into a world denying the very existence of God. You see, if they deny the existence of God, then there's no moral authority. If there's no moral authority, then there's no right or wrong, and therefore guilt is removed, and they can live lives free of guilt but it doesn't really work that way. You see, for the last 50 years, our society has promoted free love and no-fault divorce, and anything goes, but where has that gotten us? The toilet is overflowing with a mess in America, and it all comes down to filling that empty spots in our heart that is only God-sized. So if there's a God, then creation makes sense. But where do you go? How do you get all the facts straight to the point? Helping people understand the lies about secular humanism and evolution, all the lies that have been placed before us, and we're teaching in our public schools. Well, today, Martha and I, we're joined by Bodie Hodge. He's a writer. He's a researcher right here at Answers in Genesis and part of the Creation Museum staff, and he's very, very well connected. Bodie Hodge, <laughs> welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, it's great to be on the show. I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm excited that just really what we've experienced today, it's been a lot of fun. Why don't you just give us a little background on how did you come to be part of the Answers in Genesis team? Well, you know, years ago, I used to work with a lot of youth, uh, particularly in our church. I would run uh, uh, junior high, high school kids, and I'd teach them apologetics. And one day I started running my own website, just answering the questions that the kids have. And I'd I'd look up Answers in Genesis website, read some of their books and the Institute for Creation Research. And I'd take these really difficult topics, really difficult questions. I'd bring it down really easy for the kids. And, uh, you know, know, one, one day I realized, boy, you know, I'm having so much fun with this. And I hopped on the Answers in Genesis website, and there was a, a click for jobs. And I'm like, oh, kind of jobs do they have there and and lo and behold they have one for answering some of these theological and scientific questions you know being having a science background and having a love of history in the bible i'm like hey i'm gonna apply for this and they put me through a pretty rigorous interview process but uh like what's rigorous mean how rigorous is rigorous? oh boy they sent me like 22 of the toughest questions you can imagine they said mm-hmm. answer these as fast as you could and, wow. and of course i was flying out on a trip i was working for caterpillar at the time you know and i did a lot of travel and uh you know i i was like i gotta do this quick so i answered the questions as quick as I could and I shot him back and apparently I did pretty good you know <laughs> uh, they, they called me up uh, for an interview and they're like okay who helped you with the questions you know how f- you did this really quick and I'm like well yeah I had to fly out I had I had no choice but uh, you know I mean I, I, I did a, a good job answering the questions going back to the Bible and explaining it in a way that was easy for people to understand and so they brought me in for a live interview uh, at which time, you know, I sat down with a number of people and they, they probably grilled me for two or three hours, just really tough questions and, uh, you know, just see how you'd respond and things like that. You know, so, I mean, it, it really was a rigorous interview. They probably want to make sure you weren't a plant from the outside, that you really were, that, that everything you had was legitimate. <laughs> well, you know what? When it comes to content at Answers in Genesis, you know, they're really picky. They want to make sure that people are really spot on with the Bible. They want to make sure that you're living a Christian life. They want to make sure that... that 
that you're actually living out your Christian walk, not just having the head knowledge, but being mm-hmm. able to show it and having that, that grace to go along with it. That's great. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciated that when I look back. So how long ago did you become, did you come on staff here at Answers in Genesis? I know you're not, I mean, you can maybe explain it. So we've got the Creation Museum, you've got the Ark County, you've got Answers in Genesis, and you've got the warehouse where they're doing so many different things. I mean, are they all under one big uh, globe? Or yeah, one, one big umbrella. Answers in Genesis is the overall okay. umbrella. That's right. the ministry uh, Ken Ham founded, right. uh, you know, with uh, Mike uh, Zovath and Mark Loy. Mike's been the one that's actually spearheaded building the museum and building uh, the ark. And uh, Mark's, uh, you know, Ken's right-hand man, essentially. But, uh, you know, that's the overarching uh, ministry. That's what I was first hired into about 15 years ago. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, I met a young lady uh, not, not long after that. And... Uh, uh, we got married and have four kids now. But, but and, did, when you met the young lady, did you know she was the boss's daughter? You know, I, she was introduced to me, and I was like, hmm, you know, she's she's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I knew it was Ken's daughter, and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, um, you know, I actually called up Ken. You know, I talked to Ken all the time. You know, we talked theology. We talked science and things like that. Well, uh, you know, he used to crack this joke. He could be at seminars and he would say, yeah, you know, I'm going to be sitting down here with my, my wife and my three daughters, my three single daughters. You know, he, <laughs> he would do that. And the girls, of course, hated that. But, uh, you know, I called him up one day because, you know, Renee and I were interested in each other. And so I called him up and I said, hey, Ken, I got a question for you. And he's like, yeah, what is it? And I'm like, um, you know, is it uh, all right if I take Renee out on a date? And he's like, oh, <laughs> he just thought I was being funny and joking around with it, right? I'm like, no, I'm serious. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but he's like, what does she think about this? But So, well, I imagine. That's you why a- you went through the rigorous interview <laughs> to begin with. I, you know that. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I was thinking the, yeah, the rigorous interview to become uh, on staff here at Answers in Genesis. How rigorous was the interview to date his daughter? <laughs> well, you know what's funny about all that is it's like, well, I know you're a creationist, you know. So, I mean, there you go. That, that, that was a good point Check. right off the bat. Actually, Actually, though, uh, when I asked uh, Renee's parents, uh, Ken and Mally, I asked them to marry Renee. You know, of course, Renee wasn't there when I asked. And, um, you know, I, I think I'm the first person in the world to ever stump Ken Ham. Oh. You know, people can ask him all sorts of questions, you know, and he's got a good, snappy, quick biblical answer. But when I asked to marry his daughter, he was speechless. <laughs> I mean, he was sitting there like, uh uh, <laughs> you should but, have had that on well, video. Oh, I, you know, I look back. I wish I did. His wife's like, well, of course you can. And, uh, you know, of course he came to and, uh, you know, came through with That's a very nice great. speech. But uh, Well, we're on location today at the Creation Museum in yep. Petersburg, Kentucky. And I want to just ask some questions. We want we want our iWorkFrame audience mm-hmm. to know how important this resource is. And as Martha and I have got to spend the last six hours here, really, really it's almost seven hours, <laughs> It's been fascinating to see what a ministry tool this is. But why don't you, in your words, why is the Creation Museum so important to our society right here in the United States of America? Well, you know what? We're in a culture where people have been rejecting God and his word. They've been leaving the Bible out of it more and more. I mean, we're seeing this not only in the school system. We're seeing it in the secular media. We're seeing it in secular museums. They've just tossed the Bible out. And so we now have whole generations of people who, by and large, they don't know the Bible very well, Mm -hmm. Uh, particularly going back to creation. In fact, there's a lot of churches even avoid talking about creation, which shocks me uh, when I think about that. And so when we built the Creation Museum, what we wanted to do was take people back to the Bible, get them into the scripture, starting right there at the very beginning. What this is, you know, it sets up, you know, some of the history that we're all looking uh, at the same evidence as two different interpretations, a biblical interpretation uh, versus looking at the way the world looks at things, you know, by leaving the Bible out of it. And then you walk through Genesis. You walk through uh, the creation of Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden and uh, the, the fall of mankind 
time, which explains why there's death and suffering in the world. We see uh, the events at the uh, at the flood, at the time of Noah, and then the Tower of Babel. And of course, you know, what's the point in talking about creation if you don't talk about Christ? You know, so we right. make sure we capstone it mm-hmm. uh, that way. But you know, it's a powerful message because we're in a culture today where we see all sorts of death and suffering. For example, what's going on in Florida? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you see massive uh, Hurricane Irma come through. You know, we just saw Harvey hit Texas, and you know, we see fires out west. We see things all over the world that are terrible atrocities. I think right. back to Hurricane Katrina or 9/11, mm-hmm. uh, which we just had the anniversary of. And uh, you know, people cry out. They say, "Why did God make the world like this?" And you know, that's a mistaken understanding. God made the world perfect. Deuteronomy 32:4 says, "Every work of God is perfect." We expected a perfect creation. At the end of the creation week, God declared everything very good in Genesis 1:31. It really was perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's tough for us to imagine a perfect world—a world with no death, no bloodshed, no suffering, no homework, no traffic, <laughs> no traffic, no <laughs> baldness. I think right? I'm red, red hair. You know. All right. So it, let's hit a couple of key facts because I yeah. think I want people to know why. They need to get their families, no matter where they are in the country, because Kentucky is not centrally located, but just off the center of the United States of yeah. America. Easy drive for Florida. From Florida was about you know, 15, 16, okay, maybe 15 hours. But from anywhere, it's drivable. Yeah. Very, very easy. Right on a lot of the crossroads. Is there really proof that creation happened versus evolution? Oh, yeah, this this is the kind of place you want to come to. I mean, right. we really are. We're centrally located in that sense. But do you realize we're within two-thirds of uh, the U.S. population, one day's drive of two-thirds of the U.S. Well, population? Well, that makes sense. Sure. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons that this place was selected. You know, you don't just come here for the weather. I mean, <laughs> but, but there's the no white nice. sandy beaches here. No. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, we often get a little bit of rain and cloud cover, you know. But, it, you know, we selected this for that purpose because we wanted to get the message out. Mm-hmm. You know, the message that the Bible is true starting with the very first verse. And, uh, you know, that that's such a powerful message. And you know what? We're having people not just in the United States. We have people from all over the world here. It is... It, it, it's actually kind of crazy when we have one of our speaking engagements here, which we do daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes we have some little concerts. We do Answers News on uh, Monday, and we do that on Thursday live. We have a live studio audience for that. On a given day, we always have somebody from a different country. And it's there were several people today. Uh, there was hilarious. Canada, barely Mexico. anybody from yeah, yeah. Bar- barely anybody from Kentucky, Indiana, or Ohio. But there was yeah. tons of people from all over the place. All right, we're on location at the Creation Museum in Petersburg, Kentucky, and we really just wanted to highlight what an amazing place this is for families to go. For I mean, today today was um, must be Senior Citizen Day on on Tuesday. <laughs> so tons of people here. Just just really re solidifying their faith. I mean, there were some families out there today, but mostly people retirement age. Well, they said it's tour bus. September it, is tour bus it, month. It's tour bus month, you know, yes. and, uh, you know, a lot of elderly, they go all over the place, get to see the ark, they get to see the museum. A lot of families, the kids are in school right now. Right. Um, or they're doing homeschooling, and sometimes we have the homeschool families that show up in here as but, well. They use it. But this is, I mean, you, you've seen tremendous traffic through the Creation Museum. L- let's just, let's ask a couple, let's Ask a couple of questions that you're answering here, like the Earth age question. You know, you read that, well, the Earth is four and a half billion years old. You know, Carl Sagan, billions and billions of years. Mm-hmm, yep. But there's, and there's a lot of Christians that get sucked into that, well, the Earth is old. But, yeah. it, it, but if we're going to believe in Jesus, who said to the, that, hey, as, just as a father created the world in six days, I mean, it, he, he, he referenced mm-hmm. it, we don't have the option. It's not billions. It's it's either 6,000 years or it's all a lie. 
Yeah, and you know, a lot of people, they wonder, where does this 6,000 years come from? Well, God created everything in six days. He rested on the seventh. He created man on the sixth day. The earth was created on day one. Now, if you add up those genealogies, which the Bible gives you information on that in Genesis uh, chapter uh, 5 and Genesis chapter 11, you can add up from Adam to Abraham. It gives you all the chronological data. It's about 2,000 years. Most scholars, Christian or secular, completely agree that Abraham lived about 2,000 years before Christ, which is 4,000 years ago from today. So when you tally that up, you get about 6,000 years years. This is what just about every chronologist has arrived at, whether Christian or Jewish, over the past 2,000 years. So that's not a new idea. Mm -hmm. The new idea is this millions and billions of years. In the uh, 1830s in particular, a man named Charles Lyell, he said, hey, how about we leave the Bible out of it? Now, as soon as you leave the Bible out of it, you've left God out of it. And they started to say, well, how old is the earth? And let's leave the Bible out. And so he started looking at geological rock layers and started saying, well, maybe these rock layers were laid down slowly and gradually over millions and billions of years. In other words, he said, God got it wrong. There was no global flood. You see, the flood accounts for the majority of those rock layers. Now, of course, we've had rock layers since that time, but most would have been from the flood. Mm -hmm. So... That's where that idea, millions and billions of years, came from, and they've expanded that date. It wasn't until 1956, that was the first time anybody believed the age of the Earth was over 4 billion years old. That's a new idea, and all of a sudden now people who believe the Bible are attacked, and they're saying, hey, throw out uh, creation. Well, And yet the flood uh, is brought up, and world religions, I mean, there's a commonality among cultures all over the, yeah. all over the globe that talks about a global flood. Yeah, between and, three and 500 of those, actually. Three and five, I, I've really? actually looked up over 200 of them. I did a book on flood, uh, flood legends. I co-authored that with uh, Laura Welch, and it's a powerful book. But one of the things that we found out, there's a lot of commonalities. You know, of course, there's destruction by water. Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, animals were saved on the ship. They landed on a mountain. Doves were sent out. It's fascinating when mm. you see that. What's happened, though, is a lot of those accounts, they've lost the correct information, or they, they replace it with a local mountain or local animals and things like that. So, I mean, we do see those things. Those are a great confirmation of what we read in Scripture. And, of course, the Scripture records the true account. It's fascinating to see. Mm -hmm. I think that's a powerful piece of evidence. That is a powerful piece of evidence. And I did not realize that that many cultures had carried the story yeah. forward. And and yet scientists, it's a very, it's an, inc well, it's what Al Gore would say. It's an inconvenient <laughs> truth. That, <laughs> that flood is an inconvenient thing. Yeah. If you just have to ignore it because if, yeah. if they ignore it, then they can say, well, God doesn't really exist. Yeah. But if you, if you, but you have to really, don't you really have to set aside scientific reason and ignore yeah. something that's so obvious? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that we see all the time are massive catastrophes. I mean, we're, we're experiencing these every single year, whether it's hurricanes or massive earthquakes or volcanoes. And yet in the secular world, they say, well, there were no major catastrophes back in the past, no major global floods or anything mm -hmm. like that, so that they can try to keep that out. Yeah, That's this weekend reason. we had earthquakes and the and this and the uh, big hurricane. So incredible. Okay, so that's going to help you guys actually deal with that in detail as you walk through the Creation Museum. All right, how yeah. about the dinosaurs? Because that's one of the things people are like, "But where are the dinosaurs?" What about the dinosaurs? Oh, and every boy grew yeah. up. We all love the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up. I had little kids' books on it that said, "Oh, dinosaurs died out sixty-five million years ago." That left and right. You know, I was, I, I, I you know, I was force-fed that sort of thing. But you walk in the Creation Museum. Guess what you see? You see dinosaurs in the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. You see dinosaurs throughout. We have a dinosaur den. You see these down at the uh, Ark Encounter as well. It's fascinating. Now, here's the thing. Big picture, dinosaurs are land animals. By their definition, that's what they are. So what day were dinosaurs made? 
the same day all the other land animals were made, day six of creation. Guess what? That's the same day Adam and Eve were created. So mm-hmm. they were living at the same time. That's not a new idea. In fact, as you go throughout history, you can follow the accounts of the dinosaurs. Just think big picture. They were originally perfect. There was no death originally. So all the dinosaurs were originally vegetarian as a result of sin. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, God cursed the ground. He cursed the animals. He sentenced man to die. All of a sudden, that opens up that animals can be now corrupt. And, uh, you know, in Genesis chapter 6, it says all flesh had corrupted itself on the earth. That includes dinosaurs. By the time of the flood, we see all these dinosaurs buried in flood sediments. Some of them were eating other animals. Dinosaurs were on board the ark because two of each kind went on board. So two of each of the dinosaur kinds were on board the ark. They come off the ark, and guess what? They've been dying out the same reasons everything else has been dying out for. And there may be a couple of remnants out there who nobody's ever gotten caught the Loch Ness Monster yet, but there's always that possibility. Yeah, you know, I, I've had people say, you know, are dinosaurs completely extinct? You know, that's a great question. For me to say yes, I'd have to look everywhere in the entire world at the exact same time, and I'm not that good. Yeah, I don't think so. No, yeah. but, um, you know, it's interesting a tie-in, you know, the dinosaurs and dragon connection. And, you know, I actually did a book on that, too. I've been on so many books, it's not even funny. You but have done a lot. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the word dinosaur is a new word. It means terrifying or terrible lizard. It wasn't until 1841 that that word even existed. So if you see one of these large reptilian creatures, what would you call it in the past? You'd call it a dragon. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what it is. In the Bible, in the King James Old Testament, 22 times the word dragon is used. In the old uh, Geneva Bible, it's 24 times. Two different Hebrew words that they translated as dragon. Now, dragon is more of an overarching term. Leviathan so, is in one of the right. other translations. That's right. Leviathan right. is actually called a dragon at okay. one stage. Right. Um, so, you know, they're mentioned. Uh, we also have land dragons. We have sea dragons. Where dinosaurs are very specific in their definition, they're actually land animals that have a particular hip structure. So all the dinosaurs could rightly be called a dragon, but not all the dragons could rightly be called a dinosaur if that kind of gives you a big picture mm-hmm. look at that. But mm-hmm. most of the dragon legends ended with a dragon getting killed, too, by the way, if you remember that in history. so Talk to me about what's your favorite part of the Creation Museum. You got you got littler kids, younger kids. What's mm-hmm. your favorite part of bringing your kids here and having them see it? Well, you know what? I, I love the fact that it's a great family place. Um, you know, it, it teaches a good Christian message, a stand on the authority of the Bible. You know, I love all those aspects. But, you know, one of the things that I love the most is the gospel. You know, it's great to talk about the history. It's great to talk about the flood. It's great to talk about uh, sin and the fall and the, and the relationship to the gospel. But once you actually get to the gospel and you get to see what Christ did, it is powerful. I mean, if we think about this big picture theology, the punishment from an infinite God is an infinite punishment. So for even one sin, we deserve an infinite punishment. And, you know, the Lord sacrificed animals to cover that sin in Genesis 3.21. Abel offered fat portions. Noah offered sacrifices. Abraham did. The Israelites did. And these are all pointing to Jesus Christ, who's the ultimate sacrifice. We no longer have to sacrifice today because Christ's sacrifice was sufficient. Now, why is that? Here's why. The punishment from an infinite God is an infinite punishment. The animals were not good enough, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is infinite, he could take that punishment. Only he was in a position to take it. So the infinite Son took the infinite punishment from the infinite Father, and that was enough to satisfy God's wrath upon sin. Mm -hmm. And the Lord offers a free gift of salvation. That's an awesome Lord. And that's the message that our society needs to hear each and every day. They need to hear it. I mean, that's the message of hope that, I mean, there's so many hopeless people out there. But it all rides back to creation. 
they need to understand that this was the, that there's intentionality that God did this yeah. on purpose. Bodie Hodge with the Creation Museum and Answers in Genesis. Thanks for being on I Work for him today. Hey, it's great to be on the show. Guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, really yeah, appreciate it. Check out cre- the Creation Museum online, creationmuseum.org, creationmuseum.org. And if you want Answers in Genesis, go out to their website, Answers in Genesis. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a place you need to bring your family. If you're not married, you need to bring yourself and maybe a friend or two. It's got all the questions the answers to all the questions you've been asking about, trying to understand about creation and about the, the creation versus evolution uh, uh, arguments, I mean, even the highlights of the Bill Nye versus Ken Ham conversation. Mm-hmm. We got to hear Ken Ham speak today. We just had Bodie Hodge uh, on, uh, on the air with us for the last half hour, just really talking about why the Creation Museum is so critical, not just for our culture, but for Christ followers to understand that what the Bible says is real. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not going to believe what the Bible has to say is true, you can't really be a follower of Jesus because Jesus reiterated and endorsed all of what the the Old Testament had to say. I mean, it's just amazing things, Martha, that, that we've been hearing today. It's been so much fun. It really has. I mean, this is, I had no idea what to expect, and we are so very thankful that we can be here. And I'm trying to Facebook Live so everybody can kind of see. I mean, we are in a place where somebody in their office not just everybody has a big femur or whatever that might be think, in their office. I, I think so. it's the front leg structure of a Tyrannosaurus Rex, I or maybe it's a Brontosaurus. I'm not sure. Pretty but, you know. cool. Pretty cool. But, but it's just been, um, it is amazing to see the variety of people that come to learn more about creation and understand it for themselves. So. Today, it was it was fun just to, you got, we got to meet a lot of people from Florida today, people from all over the country, though. And, and as they just Christ followers trying to understand What's the real truth out there? And honestly, as you're listening to I Work For Him today from all over the country, we've all been tainted by what the culture has to say about um, evolution. I mean, we're, th- this whole idea that the earth is old and the dinosaurs are from the way past, it's not true. I mean, if, if, Jesus, if, what, if, Jesus, if Jesus only spoke truth, he endorsed the creation idea. So if you're going to put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you have to really be a believer in creation. And that means you need to be a believer that it happened about 6,000 years ago, give or take a couple of days. And it's important that we understand why that's true. And and why, I mean, there's a lot of people, they point to the Grand Canyon. It was formed over billions and billions of years. Yet, we've got proof now, especially after Mount St. Helens, we watched multiple layers of rock be formed over a period of 20 years from the sediment in that huge lake right after the Mount St. Helens um, uh, in, uh, erupted. Why right. are you at that, that camera point? I'd be driving okay. me crazy. I'm going to point it at me for a minute. Point it at Martha for a minute. Here I am. All right, so Martha, <laughs> talk to me about what was the biggest thing you learned today that kind of like, wow, I really enjoyed learning that today. Well, two things that I want to talk about is one, of, well, I'm sure there's plenty more, but one of the biggest things, just a takeaway is realizing that the danger that we all live in in the fact that culture is infiltrating my my beliefs and the facts they're messing stuff up so things that um maybe i never even realized the conversation about dinosaurs and the conversation and and, you know people can go back and listen to the first half of the show we talked with bodie hodge and he just touched on it but there's so much um that has just been twisted a little bit in my head and I know in many people's heads that we're confusing what is true 
creation versus what the culture has started to to mess up my story in my head. Well, so you, the whole conversation about dinosaurs and the conversation about how old the earth is, those two things that we just talked about, those are both things that I think a lot of people struggle with. I, we were in that, we walked up into this little dinosaur, um, well, dinosaur Bill, exhibit, yeah. Bill, somebody, uh, not Bill, no. buddy, 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 somebody, buddy. he had his little thing and we went up and we were looking at dinosaurs and they had this cute little, you know, like you have in a museum where they'll have a question and you lift up the um, lid and it has the answer underneath. And I was looking at this one and it said, did man and dinosaur live together? And this lady came running over because she wanted to watch me lift the lid because she didn't know the answer. Well, and that was just, I'm, it's interesting you bring that up. Yeah. Buddy Davis is a guy. He actually has does uh, entertainment, yeah. and he's also a huge dinosaur freak. He loves it. But I remember back in high school where they uncovered dinosaur footprints that had human footprints inside of them. Again, mm -hmm. inconvenient truth. That was a fossil of a human footprint inside a dinosaur footprint. And you, it's hard to find that, but I've seen it again on the internet recently. But that was in Texas, if I remember correctly. But one of the things that they said, one, for me, it, it was the Lucy thing. Now, we remember hearing Lucy. You know, When we were in high school and college, you talked about Lucy. Lucy's the oldest known human homeo sapien uh you know person that we've ever found they have here the replica of the bones that they found of lucy guess what people they look just like our bones you know you've Did seen you count how many bones they uh, have maybe like, 12 no or no there was like 30 because you know oh, okay. they have metatarsals i and, didn't count you know, them, but but, but here's the point wasn't very many. no it wasn't very many and of the of the skulls uh, uh structure they barely had any they had a jawbone and one of the head plates. And you and I can remember, we can all look at back at the text. For Lucy, they've got her clearly with an ape-looking-like face. Guess what, people? They got nothing. They got nothing to prove that. They just, it was very inconvenient. They also have human footprints that they say attributed to Lucy that are 3.2 million years old. Guess what? They look just like our footprints. So all <laughs> of this stuff, they're... they're it's so twisted, and we have to understand why they twist it. They twist it because they don't want to admit that God is real. Because if you admit that creation is real, and you have to admit that there's a God, and if you admit that there's a God, then you have to admit that there's a moral authority. If you admit that there's a moral authority, then there's a right and wrong. If you admit there's right and wrong, that brings on guilt. So as long as you ignore all the truth, you can do whatever you want to do. But it still leaves people empty. And we need to understand we work alongside people like that all day long who who are living without hope. And this museum gives people hope because Jesus is the answer that's been being pointed to since the Garden of Eden. Yeah. So I, what has been one of your favorite things or something that you've learned today, Jim? What was the Lucy thing? It was okay. absolutely the Lucy thing. Okay. I, I just like, that's all the bones they had? I mean, I was clearly understood as a high schooler that they had a whole uh, facial skeletal, uh, skeletal structure. You know, and I didn't take any pictures of that. But one of the things that I love here is that they really encourage people to take pictures so that you can look at it and um, be able to look at it Post later. Post it on Facebook and give well, them free social media Of course, always that. But they don't even say anything about that. They're no, just, they you know, to help you to, it is a lot of information to absorb. You do a lot of reading, which is fabulous. And one of the things that you I... you got to take your time. You can't be to rush here no and there's no reason to rush um and the then they of course have all the resources like Bodie was talking about earlier and whoever does all their illustrations does an amazing job of helping you visually learn the information at the same time that you're reading about it so but that's why I go back to the the display about Lucy they had all I don't know maybe five or six different heads 
um, that they had, you know, different versions of, and then all the bones, you know, replicas of, and they just really helped to lay it out so that you could absorb it. And that's really what it's all and, about. And absorb the twist. I mean, it was yeah. that, hey, we're talking about the Creation Museum. We're on location for I Work For Him together on Tuesdays. Martha and I are spending a whole week on the road. Yes, we left early because of Irma, but we this was planned many, many, many moons ago. We're on location at the Creation Museum in Petersburg, Kentucky. We really wanted you as Christ followers to know this is a place to go to get answers. You can get a lot of the answers on the website, Answers in Genesis. I believe it's .org, AnswersInGenesis.org. But the creationmuseum.org is the website mm -hmm. for this actual location. And there's a bookstore attached to both of them. There's so many resources, and they've got a deal. So I like if, if you want to call into the studio line and say that you'd like to give, I work for him, $199, I can go down and buy 30 books. So I can have <laughs> And you every know book. how much we love books. Because <laughs> I read a ton of books. I would really love to have that. That'd be fantastic. It just would be so much fun. But but that's why we're here. We're here because we are surrounded by people who want to know the truth, and yet they've been deceived by scientists. But understand, there's just as many scientists that believe in creation as believe in evolution. And it takes just as much faith to believe in evolution, probably actually more than it does to actually believe in creation. Have we had... No, nope, we haven't any callers yet on the books or giveaway today. We've got a couple of books. Go ahead and tell them about them. Well, this one is World Religions and Cults by Bodie Hodge and Roger Patterson. And he spoke this morning. We got to go to their staff meeting and hear um, about Satanism and just this amazing information that you can learn from and um, be well prepared. And then the other one that he has here that we're giving away today is called Quick Answers to Tough Questions. And again, you can see how visually just appealing it is to get to the quick, um, tough questions and get some answers. Well, and I think it's really important to understand, we're not going to be able to debate people into heaven. Because no. if that were the case, Ken Ham, when he took on Bill Nye, they've had two different debates, mm -hmm. one in the ark and one before that national audience. If that were the case, Bill Nye would already be a Christ follower. But the Holy Spirit moves in the lives of people, and you can have conversations with people. And, and after you tell people why you believe what you believe, the Holy Spirit can take that those ideas and start to move them in people's hearts. And we need to understand that's some of our role. And in our workplaces, we're surrounded by people who desperately need to know Jesus. And they need to know that creation is truth. And they need to know that our Heavenly Father on purpose created them for a reason and that Jesus died for them. And that's what's so important. I mean, it, that's why the Creation Museum was created, to bring truth to our society. Yeah, and it, have fun while you're doing it. You can go ziplining, see their flower gardens. Yep. Wait till you see the video of Martha ziplining. Been quite a road trip already, Martha, hasn't it? It sure has. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be a really uh, just mellow trip across the southeast a little bit. And because of Hurricane Irma, we got urged to leave a little early. We did. But I just want to give a shout out to my mom and dad because they really encouraged us to do yeah, this trip. If not for Martha's and, folks, we wouldn't be here probably. And uh, broadcast from the Creation Museum. And tomorrow, the Ark Encounter. So please join us again tomorrow. I think the visuals tomorrow will be amazing. They will be amazing. And as we talk to Patrick Kanuski, uh, as he's going to be our guest tomorrow, and he's been hosting us all day today, he just said, Jim, you just won't. You won't get it till you're there. You won't have an understanding of it. But the Creation Museum, where we're at today, has really brought some great perspective. You know, as, and I think probably the most staggering thing I heard today, and it was this morning when Ken Ham was speaking, mm -hmm. was just how uneducated Christ followers are about creation. And it's, again, bringing it back to the pulpit. Pastors, we need to hear this stuff. Do you believe that creation is real? If you do, we as Christ followers need to hear it from the pulpit. 
We need to hear the truth about, I mean, I love what Ken Ham said. He goes, all of the principles that are key to Christianity have been foundational in the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Well, and he was saying that we just fail to study them. You know, that the churches across America and around the world, um, we get, we're so focused on topics and things like that. And he wasn't criticizing that, but he was saying, we don't study it. We don't spend the time um, doing that. And so that is a real challenge for people. And, and he talked about that. He, he talked about some Sunday school material that they have four oh, years of Sunday school material. He goes, most of that fluffy duffy stuff that they, you guys are using, get the four years of Sunday school material. And it's for all ages. It's preschool through adults. So they're all learning it. Right. And it's leading people. Right. Leading them through really from creation to Christ and, and four years of curriculum. Love that idea. And I think that's probably the other big takeaway from today here at the Creation Museum. Again, find them online at creationmuseum.org was the seven steps that they walk you through in the museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, creation. So all about the Garden of Eden and, and how God created things. And we haven't even got to watch all the videos yet because we, we were limited on time. I, I, I've got it. Our, oh, you already uh, have it. They I got, got it. this great little brochure. They did give us a great little brochure. Creation and then corruption. So all about then sin. How did sin enter the world? And, and this is something where you talk about, well, the dinosaurs were dying for billions and billions of years before um, the humans even got here. No. Because death didn't happen until sin, and sin didn't happen until the garden, which means the dinosaurs and Adam and Eve were all there at the same time. And then catastrophe, the flood, and then talking about confusion, the Tower of Babel, where it talks about how people groups got spread across the globe and and how, you know, again, all of the... What are the, the shades of brown, the cultural shades of brown, you know, people's uh, hues, uh, none of us are white, none of us are black, because you could hold up black next to a, a, somebody that's, that's from Africa, and they're not black, they're dark brown, and you mm-hmm. hold us people from, Asia, or from Europe, and they're, they're not white, they're just a really light tan, anyway, all that. That was if, a great conversation about that we're all one race. We're all one race. Another you, thing that we're so confused about. You, you talk about the DNA, you check the DNA from any human being, and there's ties, we're all tied together. Yet the cultures were established at the Tower of Babel when God confused language and sent people out Mm -hmm. across uh, the globe. And then uh, Christ uh, coming to to rescue the creation, to to provide an eternal solution for the sin that happened in the corruption stage. And then you get to the cross and eventually consummation when Christ comes back and takes away all those people that put their faith and trust in Christ and then creates a new heaven and a new earth. So we get to live in Eden, finally. No traffic. There will be no traffic in Eden. And <laughs> you're happy about that. I am happy so, about you know, that. One of the will thing, there be NASCAR? That's what I want to know. One of the things in the Christ. I don't really want to know. She just totally blew I'm that just off. ignoring you. You're ignoring me now. Well, After we have 31. so much we want to okay, tell everybody about the okay. Creation Museum. Just ignore so me. So one of the things that I super, super love about the Christ part of the display is at the end of it, it says this whole display, and I'll post the picture online after we're done. It says it can all be summed up in the first Adam and the last Adam. And it just really was powerful to me. And I, I want to share that so people can see the whole visual. But really, that's what it comes down to is, as um, Bodhi said, it's the gospel. And it's sharing with people that it's not just about facts and, and theology. It's about why all of this has been created is so we have the gospel. Well, and really, let's explain what the first Adam and last Adam really mean. The first Adam came, he was perfect to start with, and then he sinned and started the destruction of our current world. The last Adam being Jesus, again, he was perfect, but instead of sinning, he stayed sinless 
and was able to die a sinless man to pay the price for the first Adam and all the corruption that happened, and that ended it and provided eternal solutions. Mm-hmm. Hey, you should get a picture of our... I know, I'm going to look at this okay. femur you know, again, that big the femur. dinosaur. That'd be, that'd be really cool. Imagine a Here new replacement are. on that one. So, again, we are at the Creation Museum in Kentucky, Petersburg, right? Kentucky. Do you <laughs> know where you are? because we're in Kentucky, which is so close to Ohio. And, Time changes. And let's get, let's and... get some kudos to your folks. You know, Martha's dad called me and goes, Jim, I would really love you and Martha to meet us up at the Creation Museum in the Ark Encounter. It's something we really want to go to. And you know that Martha's mom and dad have been huge proponents, been huge They're supporters. They're right now. They are watching. It's yep. very nice. Hi, Ted and Elaine. But they're huge <laughs> proponents of... Uh, I work for him and getting his spread across the country and said, hey, meet us up there. But we'll only want to meet you up there if you'll call them and see if you can broadcast from there. And so we that started this whole trip, which we've been working with uh, Melanie Etheridge and, and so many people yes. as part of the staff, Patrick so Kanuski, Bodie Hodge. It's been great being up here. I really want you to come. This is something, well, we are trying to arrange to get our grandkids and our kids here in the next couple of years where we can meet mid-country and, and check this out. But we're going to, we're, we're finishing up here today. We're going to hopefully, when the rain stops, go out there and check out the rainforest display. It's a little cloudy, a little rainy here. Little Thanks to Hurricane Irma. Irma. The remnants of Irma yes. are rolling through here right now. But they have a beautiful garden. They have zip lining. They have a petting zoo. they got great food. Um, and they do have good food. It was good and food. And very great customer service. Oh, yeah. Way over the top. How was your mocha frappe? It was very good. I could not eat all of it. I could feel the sugar <laughs> rush halfway through it, and I had to leave the rest of it in the car. Good idea. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about some of the other really cool things that we've seen here today. Okay, so another thing, there in one of the displays that you go through, you walk through at the beginning of the exhibit to really get a good foundation. And I loved how there were so many things that was like, God's way, God's view, and man's view. And it helped. It compared them both. It compared them. Almost the whole exhibit did and that. And so to me, that was revolutionary. And it just really helped to drill down so that I could see what lies am I believing? What lies have I allowed to come yeah, adopted, into my kind of biblical yeah. worldview right. that really aren't a biblical worldview? And what is the truth? What is scripture? What is um what we know is from creation. And so that to me was a great visual all throughout all of it, because then you could see the the differences and really be able to compare them very simply. And again, visuals are great. There's a lot, a lot of great videos that they've done that you can then buy and take home. Um, and and well, really I mean, learn the more. Book, the resources in the bookstores here, a couple of bookstores, phenomenal resources. I really want to get a t-shirt. Do you think we can get a t-shirt? I think we should, I think get, a, we should get a t-shirt. You know, our neighbor, Lorna, gave us some, some travel money. Maybe we could get a t-shirt. <laughs> did you get well, me did, the 19 pamphlet case? I did, but I didn't bring it in here. Okay, I have right. it in my mind. So they, have, they have these 19 quick pamphlets for a buck a piece, and so we bought those so we can have conversations in the future about that. I, I think probably, for me, what I love best about highlighting this and I work for mm-hmm. him is that as Christ followers, first of all, we need to have a solid understanding of what the Bible really says. Right. Uh, because, you know, the Bible is a book that throughout the ages, for thousands of years, has been passed on. It, it, and it has been proven time and time and time and time and time again to be historically accurate as archaeologists go to, they unearth stuff and they're like, oh, well, here's more proof that what the Bible said. There was no documentation for this anywhere else but the Bible, but the Bible had documentation about this people group or that people group. But I think, you know, as Christ followers, even in our marriage, Martha, to understand that God created marriage and he created it and it was good and that marriage is to be a light and an example and proof that God exists and that without God, there's more, marriage really has no purpose. Hmm. 
And Ken Ham drove that home this morning as we were listening to Ken Ham. And that you was know, I'm fun. just going to put a shout out there about Ken Ham that if you ever have here in your local community that he's coming to a church to speak, I just want to encourage you to go. Go. To hear yeah, firsthand. Absolutely. We've heard him a couple of times and you can never hear him too well, much. We heard him here and I worked for him last fall. Yes. In fact, I shared earlier today, it was the one year memory on my Facebook of a picture that I had posted of you with Ken Ham. Oh, we when got to we meet went, face to face, right? met face to face and he, we had had him on the radio. Video, and then we had um, gotten to take a picture with him later because he would called in for that. But um, again, just I know there are people that are very interested in this, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to do it. And um, but it seems like it's one of those like it's not really tangible. It's like this creation museum. What is it? So we hope we've made it a little more real for people. Well, and we should have mentioned we've been doing this Facebook Live thing the whole time today. We didn't really mention that. I but did we'll it be doing in it tomorrow. Four segments. Okay. So people can go back and watch the other ones. But yes, we can do it live tomorrow. We will. We'll from be doing Facebook Arc. Live. Can't from the Ark Encounter tomorrow, right over there in Williamsburg, Kentucky, or is it Williamstown? No, it's Williamsburg. I don't know, but it's, say it's, hi it's to Gary. It's in Kentucky, Ark Encounter. Hey, hi. how you doing, Gary? Hey, thanks for tuning into I Work for him this afternoon. Make sure you check out the Creation Museum online at creationmuseum.org. And answers in Genesis. If you got friends who want answers to the creation evolution argument, check it out online at, cre- at answersingenesis.org. But plan your family trip. Or your marriage trip, maybe a marriage retreat to the Creation Museum. We'll have to find out more about that. But thanks for tuning in to I Work Friend. You've been listening to Martha and I together on Tuesdays. But just keep in mind, our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work work for him. him.